I want to be honest right up front. This is going to be a very hard 40 minutes for me. This is not just a, just a sermon, but it is a sermon with the personal testimony of the power of God in the weakest moments of my life. Someone from our congregation submitted the question, how can we be happy in difficult circumstances? And this morning, I believe that there are many of us in this room that want to know the answer to that question. So the title of my sermon today is How to Find Joy in the Midst of Pain. Let's pray together. Father, will you help us today? Father, for those who are here, including myself, that are in pain, um, that are aching for your touch, God, will you, will you come? Will you minister today by the power of the Holy Spirit? God, will you help me to, to share this message of hope? God, will you do a supernatural healing in this room of the people who need you at this moment, in this season? I ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our lives are very valuable to us. We spend countless hours seeking and sharing, changing, and, and for us who are parents, growing and, and growing our children and protecting. In our lives, we are always investing and in adding or even eliminating things, people, products to make our lives easier. We want our lives to count. We want others to remember us, to follow us, and we love the idea of eternity. And for those who are in Christ and they know the scriptures, we long for the day when Jesus will wipe away every tear and we long for the day when Jesus will heal every sickness. But that time is not here. It's not time for that. We are here at this point in time. And to be honest, by the show of hands this morning, as Pastor Calvin led us in a great prayer before our king, many of us are in pain. We're looking for God. We need his help. Some of us are heading into a storm. Some of us have been in a storm for a little bit, and we're trying to navigate the waters, and we're getting weak and low. And others are about to head into a storm. Our lives are very valuable, and we want to preserve them, and we want to display them. I want to compare our lives to a vase. A vase is very sleek, nice, beautiful. Sometimes we, it, we fill them with things, and we want to display them. Very artsy, you can put things in them. We want to put them in our houses. It can be like that sometimes. We want to fill our lives with beautiful things and display them for others, and, and we, we want to protect them. We want to make sure that, that, that others see us in the, the right light so everything looks good. But sometimes we continue to pour in and we try to make better and we want to have our lives on display in such a way that we, don't, we never want anything to happen to them. But then there are days when they fall. And there are days when we have things that are full in our life and they break 
then what do we do? What do we do when our well-put-together life gets broken? And then pain begins to flow. And doubt begins to fill our hearts. And we, as the Christians who are in Christ, we begin to hope less. We begin to search for the, the quick fix. We begin to try to put the, put the things back together. It's still good. It's okay. Like, I can do this. We got it. But the quick fix doesn't work. So we run to the nearest shelter for protection. And we get in there. And we think this, this shelter, this, this refuge is going to help. It's going to protect from the pain. And, and for a moment it does. But then the pain remains. It's still there. And it aches. And it throbs. And it hurts. And I want to tell you today that it's okay. It's okay because the pain and that trial and that hurt and that storm that you're in, it's doing something. As we heard on the video just a minute ago, it's doing something both earthly and eternal. It has eternal value. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I, want to, I believe personally, even in the pain, we can have overwhelming joy, even in the pain. Grab your Bibles with me. We're going to go on a journey. We're going to dig deep today because that's where we got to go. God's word will explain it for us. It's the place we need to be. And we're going to be in the book of James this morning. We're going to be all over the Bible because there are so many areas of God's word that teach us about hope, about joy in the midst of pain, in the midst of trial. But I want to begin in the book of James. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he wrote a letter, he wrote a book, and he addressed it to the 12 churches that were scattered among the nations. You see, Paul, when he was writing and planting his churches, he would write a letter to the church. But James does it a little bit different. He sends it to the 12 churches that are scattered among the nations. And James begins his book with suffering. He's addressing to the churches that those who are in Christ, those who are gathered together, there are going to be some trials for us. There's going to be some, some hard times. And he begins his book saying this. He says, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking nothing. So James begins his letter to these churches, addressing that they will go, in, go through fiery storms, they will have trials, people will come against them, they'll have situations in their life, and they will hurt. People in the church will be hurting. There will be pain. And sometimes we want to put on a smile, but there are other times and seasons where it's okay to be in these seasons and allow God to work on our hearts. And James is addressing this, and he says to them, guys, consider. Think about it. 
Think carefully about something. If you describe that word consider, typically before making a decision. He's saying, church today, that's what I want to say, church today, consider this for a moment. Let's kind of stop and pause and think carefully about this. Consider it pure joy. He says another word. He says perseverance. He says faith will develop perseverance. Perseverance is a steadfast in doing something despite difficult or delay in achieving success. It's, it's not giving up even though you want to. It's not giving up even though if you look out and you see, the odds against you look slim. But he says perseverance. Do not give up. And he uses another word, faith, which is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And James is saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many of you are in a trial this morning? Yeah, we had hands go up. Okay, I see some hands. We're going to be honest this morning. We're going we're to do this with the Lord. And when I'm reading this book and I'm reading through the Bible, I want to answer the question personally for myself is, how do we get to the joy in the midst of the pain? How do we get there? Because James is saying, consider it. I want to be there. I want to know how, it, how to get this joy flowing. Well, I believe we need to remember a few things. You see, we are very forgetful. And when our emotions begin to flow... Our emotions can feel like they're truthful. They can feel very true. But our emotions can lead us from the truth. And that's why we need something called grace markers. Grace markers, you won't find that, those words in the Bible, grace markers. It's something that I've, I've been, I made up. I've been using it in my life for a long time. Grace markers are those moments in your life where God has shown up and he has done such a, an amazing thing that you mark it in your mind and in your heart that when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a pain, you can go back and remember that God was there for you. We need these grace markers. Now, is grace mark, a grace marker, is that biblical or is that something I'm just making up? Well, during one of my own personal situations, my own personal storms, I was reading through the Word of God, and I came to Joshua 4. And in Joshua 4, there's this story of a grace marker. The Israelites are coming, and they're going to go into the promised land, but they come to a little issue. They come to a little situation. They come to a place where they can't cross the Jordan River. And it's at flood season. And God, in his magnificent power and his grace and his mercy, says to Joshua, I'm going to stop the river from flowing in the flood season. So God, in his grace, stops the river and the, the whole camp, the whole Israelite people, they walk across on dry land. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to get the priests. I want you to tell them to collect some rocks, 12 stones, from the riverbed. And he says, once you get across, the water's going to come back. And I want you to build a grace marker. That's what I'm calling it. But a memorial so that you will remember that your God, God of Israel, the God of Jacob, was here. And he was providing. Because you're very forgetful. And he says, build this monument up, this memorial. And, and as you grow and as you go, teach your children. 
that there was a time that God was there for us. And that's what we need in our lives because we are very forgetful. We get into these storms, we get into these situations, and we forget how God is powerful. We forget about his truth. So we need the grace markers in your life. Think about it. Where has God been strong in your life? Mark it. That's a marker that you could go back to when things get rough and the emotions are flowing. So Joshua 4. We are, forever, we are very forgetful. And we need to remember the truth of God and the presence of God in our lives. And in the midst of pain, we can have overwhelming joy by remembering. Now I want to give us three things to remember this morning. I'm going to walk us through three points through the Bible. And the first thing I want to say is we need to remember that we are anchored to Christ. We need to remember that we are anchored to Christ. I brought an anchor in. It's huge. Well, it's big for me. And we need to remember that in the situation, in the storm, that we are anchored to Christ. But here's what we do as a church. Here's what we do as a people. Instead of the anchor, we run to the life jacket. And we get ready. And we say, oh, I'm going through a storm. I got to get on this life jacket. I got to get preserved. Get ready, and we clip in, and we forget about the anchor, and we jump on with the life jacket, and we get our little whistle out, and we say, I'm in a storm. And we get pushed around by the waves, pushed around by the emotions, pushed around by the circumstances of what we're going through. And we're in this wave, and we're just holding on, and it feels like we're just being tossed way over here. And then sometimes you'll be over here for a little bit of the season. And then, then we're up here. And then up here, it feels good. Okay, we're doing okay for right now. We're doing all right. Uh, but, but then something else happens in the circumstances, and it pushes us back, and our emotions teach us, well, now we're way over here. I need to blow the whistle. I won't blow it loud. <laughs> That's a loud whistle. But sometimes we are just so caught up in floating around in our situation that we forget what God really wants for our lives. He wants us to be anchored to him. Now in the scriptures it says in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor. This hope is Jesus. We have this hope, this anchor that is wrapped around us. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to wrap it. We have this hope as an anchor, it says, for our soul. It says firm and secure. Like the life jacket, the bouncing around in the circumstances, in the situation, it's not very firm. It's not very secure. If, and if I had my way, I don't even want to be on the water with a life jacket. I don't trust it still. But sometimes we throw that on. But then we need to remember the scripture saying that we have a, an anchor for the soul that is firm and secure. And it's not going to be broke. And it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. You see, back in the Old Testament, just take off the anchor for a moment so I can walk. Back in the Old Testament, the high priest would go once a year into the Holy of Holies, into God's presence. And what they would do was they would wrap a rope around him. And in case he saw the presence of God, he would die. They'd wrap a rope around him so they could pull him out, get that body out of there. And they must have, the high priest must have been dying because they came up with the situation. We got to get a rope because how are we going to get that body out of there? So that, that must have been happen, happening. So they would tie this rope around so that, that when the high priest goes in. But then we have this scripture that says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. 
firm and secure. This hope enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. It's talking about Jesus. See, Jesus, as our high priest, can walk in and he can stand before God because he is God. And that is who we're attached to. Here's the thing. We kind of treat storms and bad situations and trial like professional wrestling. Back in the day when I used to watch wrestling, I don't watch it anymore, I remember that they used to have a tag team partnership. Now, one partner would be in the corner while one's wrestling. And then when they get tired, over, overwhelmed, and they're about to lose, they tag in, and the other person jumps in. For us, we're kind of like that with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, the everyday thing, I got Going to work, I got. Everything is good, I got. Coming to church, I got. But storms come, okay, Jesus, tag in. You go do it, and I'm going to sit back here, and you just give me a heads up when everything's cool, and I'll come back out. And sometimes that's how we're like, Jesus, storm's coming. I'll get my life jacket on. We're going to tag in. You go. And then we miss out on what God really wants to do in our lives. Christ is holding us. And we don't have the option when we are in trouble just to tag in when things are going well and then tag back out when things get hard. See, we need to remember that we have an anchor for our soul. And this anchor, it will never break. It is firm. It is secure. And no situation will ever be able to change that. Let me read this to you. What then shall we say in response to these things? Is God, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? As it is written, we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, height or death, or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. That's a praise right there. Let's praise the Lord and I'll continue to preach. See, this is a hope moment for us. We can say to our situation, I acknowledge the pain. I feel it. It is true. But I preach the truth that Jesus has me, that Jesus knows this pain, that Jesus is here with me at this very moment. And I can't see him, but his truth tells me I will not look to what is seen, but to the unseen, and I will have faith. Sometimes you need to preach that to yourself. Sometimes you need to preach it over and over. 
until your heart sings with confidence that you are cared for, that you are in Christ, that you are renewed, that you are held on by Christ who is the anchor for our soul. And he, even though we feel like we are floating, he is holding us there. And we need to tell ourselves that. We need to get into the community of believers and share that truth because without that knowledge, without that truth, we'll be just blowing whistles and going nowhere. And before you know it, joy will appear. And it won't take away the pain. The pain's still going to be there, but there's going to be this indescribable joy. And it will be beautiful. And it will be present in the pain. For some of you who know my situation and know my family, Laura is battling stage 4 melanoma, skin cancer. And I know last month, Pastor Rick prayed for our family, and we were very thankful for the prayers and the, and the community of believers who were rallied around us. And Laura started a, a, a medication last year, and she did about six or seven months of it, and we came back, and they told us that uh, the, the cancer has progressed. It has moved up into uh, her pelvic area, and they said that there, there's no hope for her. That's what the doctor said to me. We go in, and he says, um, the medication's not working, we're going to stop there's nothing left but time. I said, no. Medically, yeah, maybe. But not with Jesus. Because, and I told the doctor, my hope is not in this. It's in the Lord. And there was a moment where we left that office and we took that uh, awkward walk through the, the hospital and through the, the parking garage, not saying anything, gripping our hands together. And we get into the car and we get home and we begin to weep together because of this news. And I'll never forget this. It's a grace marker for me. God marked it in my life. Laura and I are laying in our bed together. She is weeping. I'm higher on the bed than her and I can look, I'm looking down at her. We're facing each other. Lots of tears, lots of pain. And I'm praying over my wife. And I'm saying, God, you're bigger than this. God, you're, you're more gracious than this. God, you can get us through this. God, you can use this for your glory. God, please, please, God, don't take my wife away. Because I need her. Besides my faith in you, she's the most important thing in my life. And God, I want to do life with my wife. And I'm praying this, I'm, I'm saying this to God, and she's sitting there crying, and God, just with his overwhelming love, just fills my heart at that moment with grace and joy. And I could feel him in the midst of the pain, I could feel God wrapping his love around us. And at that moment, I remember she fell asleep, and I got up, and I thanked the Lord, I washed my face. And then two days later, we get a phone call from that doctor who said, there is no more time for only, all we have is time. He says, there is a new medication that is in the States that we can bring up here for her, and it's supposed to be really good. And we're going to get it up here. So we go from, there's no hope, you only have time, to two, two, two days later, we get a new medication that's not even in Canada. Lord's, I think she's the only person at the hospital doing this medication at this moment. But not only that, we have a full church praying. Not only one church, we have about 25 churches praying that God would just have his way in our lives. 
And God has filled this, this painful situation with his joy. And God, this is not just for pastors. This is for all people who are his. If we acknowledge our pain, as if we acknowledge our situation, and we say, God, I need you in this moment, at this time, do you think our God would turn his back on us? He knows what it feels like. Jesus knows what it feels like to have his back turned, to have everybody leave him at the moment where he needed them. He understands our pain, and our God, the God I serve, will never leave us in that time. He will never leave us. So at that moment when you are thinking, I'm alone in this, preach it to yourself. I'm anchored to Christ. I am anchored to Christ. And in this situation, even though it's hard and I feel this pain, God, I need you to come. And I need you to show up. And I need you to be God in my life. I need to step back and let you be God and not try to manipulate and move the situation. I need Jesus to do it for me. That's what we need to be, do, be doing. We need to remember that we are anchored in Christ. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to share with us today as we go through these trials and we go through these pains and, and, and it's very raw in our life. We need to remember to have active faith. Active faith. See, storms come and we want to run away from the storm. If you think about it, even in our culture, when, when storms are coming on our weather network and we hear news of storms, we prepare to guard ourselves against the storms. Like if there's a tornado coming, we get, well, maybe not here, uh, unless you're my daughter who's always looking for tornadoes. She's going to be a weather lady when she gets up, weather person. Um, but we will, if there's a tornado, we'll board up the wall, windows. Uh, we'll get people into the basement. We'll, we'll move our cars into the garage. We'll do things to kind of protect from the storm. It's just something that we do. When storms come, we want to run away. And even we use Proverbs 18.10, and I believe this scripture 100%, and I've used it I've preached it. It says, then the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Yes, this is true. There are times when we need to run for cover and we need to hide. But there are other times where Jesus says, we're going to do this a little bit different. And sometimes we don't want that different time to come. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want Jesus to pull us that way. But these are some of these amazing moments that activate our faith, activate our trust in Jesus and God takes us through that. And we see that in the Bible. We see the woman with the blood issue, the blood disease. He, she says, if I only touch the garment, I will be healed. She put her faith in action. If you read the story, she pressed through the crowd to touch Jesus. And Jesus even says, my power went out from me. The disciples are like, what are you talking about? We're in a crowd. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, something, someone different touched me. Someone with faith touched me. So she put her faith in action. She went after Jesus. We even have the Roman centurion. My servant is lying sick, Jesus. Jesus says, okay, I'll come and heal. He says, no, don't come. Lord, just say the word and he will be healed. Jesus said, I haven't found no one in Israel with faith like this. Just say it and it will be done. He went to Jesus. He went on that journey for a reason. To intercede on behalf of someone else. Faith in action. We sometimes, we want to hide from God or others and just wait out the storm until God moves. 
We see this in church culture. When things get rough, our people disappear. They go home and they go into their houses and they wait until it's better. They wait till they sin less. They wait till it's a better, they, they feel emotionally better to come back to the body. But God says the body is there for healing. The body is there for comfort. The body heals itself in Jesus. So we need to be together and not run away. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is right after Jesus does this amazing miracle. He feeds the 5,000. And then he goes up to, onto the mountain to pray. And he sends his disciples out in the boat. While he's up on the mountain praying, he can see his disciples and a storm comes. And they're rowing, and they're trying to get across, get away from the storm, get to the other side, get to shelter. And then Jesus shows up, walking on the water. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out on the water. That's a bold statement to Jesus, because he's going to say, come. Come. Jesus says that in our lives. When our storms are there, he says, come. But do we ask the question, Jesus, if that's really you, Tell me to come out. Tell me to come out on the water. See, our God can allow us and gives us the faith to step up and step out onto the storm that we are afraid of. A few minutes later, they're afraid of the storm. A few minutes after that, he's walking on the storm that he's afraid of. That's our God. That's our God. Our God will allow us to step up and step out on the storms that, are, that make us so afraid, that paralyze us. And he will do that by giving us faith. By faith, we can step out. See, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to step up. I'm going to start preaching to myself. I'm going to start teaching through the word. I'm going to start searching the word to know. I'm going to start reading and fasting. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start worshiping the Lord Jesus. I'm going to start giving during the storm. I'm going to start listening. And in the pain and in the storm, I'm not going to just wait until it passes, paralyzed. I'm not going to lock myself in a room. I'm going to enjoy the powerful presence of God who can control all things and is declaring that with his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be where Jesus is. I'm not going to be just where this storm is. Now my wife, just quickly, this last couple weeks when I was in New York, uh, she was a little, she calls it teary-eyed. She's a little emotional. We go into the doctors the other day and he says, well, it's because I've given you so much bad news. And I know my wife didn't believe that. She's a little teary-eyed because God is calling her out onto the top of this storm. And he's saying, be with me. Laura, be with me. He's calling your name. Be with me up here. And I will show you that I am more powerful than what others say. Where is your faith? He says, come on out. I want to be with you. I love our God. When the pain is flowing and the heart is raw, remember to be active in your faith. Go on the journey to Jesus. See, I've learned, and this is only for me, this is uh, it's not a, uh, something that I'm teaching from the Bible, but for me, in my life, and the way things Jesus has been working out, pain equals pilgrimage. Pain equals pilgrimage. When I am in pain, I'm going to Jesus. I'm gonna go get him. 
Not that he's hiding and not that he's missing or not that I need to find him. But I'm going to go on that journey and say, God, what do I do now? How should I pray? How should I worship? How should I give? God, who, who do I need a witness to? Who do I need a minister to? When I'm in pain, I'm going to Jesus. And in return, Jesus lavishes joy, indescribable joy upon our lives. And here's the craziest part about this transaction. People start looking at you and they think you're crazy. They think you're crazy. Like, why are you upset at this moment? Why aren't you freaking out? Jesus, with a smile, Jesus, do you know who my God is? <laughs> Let me tell you. People, they get frantic and, and, and they're like, why aren't you in a panic? And our only response ever is Jesus. And you know, Jesus, in these moments when we do this transaction with him, God, I want to give you this pain. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you this moment. And he gives us this undescribable joy. People get saved. Because people are like, what is going on? Like, in my life, when things happen like that, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. Like, I'm, I'm, running to, I'm running to a drug. I'm running to alcohol. I'm running to outside of my marriage. I'm running to these things to kind of mask the pain. But you're smiling in the middle of cancer. You're smiling in the middle of your marriage falling apart. You're smiling in the middle of financial difficulty. Yeah, Jesus. And people look at that smile, and they're like, I want that smile. I want that Jesus. So when you think you're alone, Jesus is there, and he's saying people are going to get saved. You're not going to save them. I'm going to save them. But the way you respond in the storm is going to tell a real beautiful story. When our eyes are fixed on Jesus and our faith is fixed on him, our faith is fixed on the unseen. It freaks people out. And because joy will flow and it's powerful, people get saved in our pain because people want to know the hope that we have. The hope that says that we are anchored, firm and secure in Christ and that we are active at this moment. And Jesus uses our situation to bring himself glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, amen. God is so good. He is with us and he wants us to be active in our faith. Now my third point just going to wrap it up here. Remember to, joy, to enjoy the presence of God in the pain. At this, Job got up and tore his robes and he shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. He said, The Lord gave and the Lord, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Hard situation. You know, Job's life, he lost it all. He lost, his, he lost his family. He lost his livestock. He lost his servants. His wife said, curse God and die. They needed marriage counseling. <laughs> and he shaves his head, and he tears his clothes, and he gets low, and he says, I'm going to worship God. May the name of the Lord be praised. In our cir- circumstances, in our situation, let us enjoy the presence of God in worship. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Acts 16, 22 through 30. The crowd joined into the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. 
After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. So when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the, in the stocks. About midnight, catch it, it's coming, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. In prison, after being beaten and then put in, in, into chains, about midnight, they began to have a worship celebration. They began to break it on down for Jesus. I love that. They began to pray and sing hymns to God. And then the other prison, prisoners were listening to them. In our situation, people are listening to how we respond. The, they were enjoying the presence of God. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them a question. Want to know the question? Sir, what must I do to be saved? Enjoying the presence of God is powerful when we are in our circumstances and situations and trials. Worshiping God, coming into church and just laying it before him. In the midst of hurt, and pain, enjoy the presence of God. Do not blame God. Live righteously, worship and sing and show the power of the living God that you believe in. Because there will be others who have not heard this sermon that will come to the church and they will look at your life and you are praising and worshiping God in the midst of struggle and pain and joy is overflowing and it's gonna catch their attention. And they will ask you, why? And our response will be, Jesus. The God that raised Jesus from the dead is this, has the, the, God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power living in you. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. The scriptures say this. Blessed be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. We rejoice in our salvation. We rejoice in eternity. Though for a little while it is necessary that you have been grieved by various trials, so that, the tested, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through the testing of fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled and you are filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Christians, listen. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said so. You will have, you will have pain. 
But in the trial and in the pain, remember that you are anchored to Christ, firm and secure. In your pain, we are called to have active faith and enjoy the presence of God. If you do this, oh, the joy that will come flowing into your heart and into your life. My family and I are in a heavy, heavy season. But my, and my heart is raw and it hurts. My soul aches. Every day it does. But there is joy. And I can't really describe why except through this sermon that keeps flowing. And I just want to enjoy Jesus. And my family just wants to enjoy Jesus. And I know there are people here that just want to get through this pain and, in, and feel that expressible joy that God promises to give in exchange. So the question here as I wrap up is, who's looking for this joy? Get your hands up with me. Yes, like look at the hands. Get your hands up if you need joy in this season. If this is what God has really been you've been really aching for. God, I need your presence. If this is you, we got our hands up together. We're going to pray together. But I'll also say this. As the band comes and I finish up and I wrap up, if you don't have Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not anchored to him. You are floating on your own. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient. He says that all who call on my name will be saved. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, why not now? Because he says, you will be anchored to me, and I will never let you go. And there will be trials, and there will be pain, but you will have my presence. It's a promise. So if you've never given your life to Christ, why not today? We're going to pray and in my prayer time, I'll make an address to those who want to give their life over to Christ, and we'll just pray together. You can just put your hand up. I'll call for that. Church, let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we seek you now in prayer. We love you, and we just thank you for your tenderness and your grace and your mercy. And God, we know by the scriptures that you search the whole world looking for hearts that are sold out to you. God, you see hearts sold out, but you also see hearts full of pain. God, you see hearts here. You see hearts that are struggling and lives that are struggling. And God, I pray, as we pray as the church, that you would come and remind us, that you would give us grace markers and remind us that we are anchored to you. And God, that we, we are going to be active in pursuing you. And that, God, we will worship you as we'll do in a few moments. So, God, I pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that at this moment that you would just begin to pour out your mercy on those who need you. And for those here today that have never put their trust in Jesus Christ, who are not anchored to Christ, God, you know who they are. And I'm talking to you in the congregation right now. If you have never given your life over to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, just slip your hand up and I'll pray. Just put your hand up, okay? Yeah, just slip your hand up. All right, Father, we just love you and we come to you now in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And God, we want to turn our lives from us having ownership to you having ownership. 
God, we know that you died on the cross for us. And we repent of our sin and turn to you. God, will you forgive us for our trespasses? God, will you fill us with the Holy Spirit? God, will you make us children of the living God? We just thank you for your mercy and grace. And we thank you for this service today. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Let's worship together. A few years ago, I started a campus ministry, up the, or I was at a campus ministry with Chinese Fellowship, and I met a student. And they were teaching me that something called the, the Japanese art of kintsuji. And the Japanese art of kintsuji is um, when something gets broken, instead of discarding like the broken vase that we had, the maker puts it back together with a gold lacquer. The finished product, even though it's different, is worth more than the original state because of the gold binding that is binding the pieces back together. Even though our lives can shatter, we have a creator that is reforming our lives. He is putting the pieces back together with his mighty hands and our lives, even though they will look different, will be worth much more because we are being handled by the maker God. So do not lose hope in this season or the season to come. See, God is restoring his creation, a new you, a new earth, a new heaven. It's his plan, and we are a part of it. And that's something to be happy about, or should I say, joyous. Have a blessed day. We love you. Our pastors will be down front if you would like to pray. Amen.